You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 29, Opening to Joy with Robin Barnes. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hey, Tuner. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you're having a lovely day so far, or maybe you've You've already had your day and you're listening to this at night and you're getting ready to call it quits for the day. I've gotten so much great feedback uh, from you all about um, listening to these conversations with other practitioners. And I'm, I'm just so glad that, um, that you're finding this to be a helpful resource. Um, I totally know the feeling. When I started with my coaching, um, I just dove into podcasts and it just became a part of my life, just just hearing other coaches. And so I'm so glad that I can bring this forward for our community as biofield tuning practitioners and students, because I think even though, you know, I'm not talking directly with you in this moment, I'm recording this now, we can still experience that connection together. and. Um, Anyway, thank you for listening and um, for passing along your feedback. In this episode, you're going to hear from Robin Barnes, who is a certified biofield tuning practitioner, as well as an instructor. And I had the pleasure of meeting Robin back in, I think, 2015 or 2016, and um I actually really only started getting to know Robin within the past couple of years. Uh, she became an instructor. And so uh, the instructing team at Biofield Tuning, um, we spend a lot of time connecting. Wish it was more, but um, it used to be a lot more when we were doing in-person stuff. But um, I just love Robin. She She's always making me laugh. Um, she has just a, a spark of joy about her. and. I can only imagine going to Nashville, Tennessee and hanging out with her and dancing and just having the greatest time. <laughs> so I hope that you enjoy Robin as much as I do. And um, I will see you in the next episode. All right. Enjoy listening. Hi, Robin. Hi, Jillian. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, can you introduce yourself and just share with everybody what your background is? And I'll just start with your, you're a certified biofield tuning practitioner and an instructor. And we've had the privilege of getting to know each other over the past few, few years, and it's been a lot of fun. And I just love talking to you. So this is awesome. Well, I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, we were supposed to have a class together and then that didn't happen back in the spring. So, but we'll get yeah. a chance to teach hopefully um, in this next round of uh, practitioner classes and foundations classes. Sounds like we'll all be busy, but yeah. So I'm, I, I love this work and my background is pretty varied. Um, I don't, I didn't come from a healing background, uh, when I started energy work, um, I, I was an accountant. I am still <laughs> an accountant. <laughs> so I have that sort of in the box um, uh, frame of mind, I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not real woo woo. I guess I've gotten more woo woo since I've done this work, but um, I have an accounting background and uh, performing background, which helps with the teaching. It makes me uh, hopefully more interesting. Um, brings more interest to the class, I think. So I love to I love to be in front of people, and I love to teach, and I love helping people learn. Um, what kind of performance? Yeah, sing, so right? I do. I was a professional singer for a long time. Studied acting for a long time in New York City. Um, had my own band for a long time, country. Um, so yeah, but I. I stopped doing that a long time ago. I just sing for myself now and I leave that to my, my daughters, my kids. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you have to tell everybody about your daughter and her because I uh, see her singing on Facebook sometimes and I think. Oh, awesome. yeah. She's a lot of fun. So my daughter is Lindy Lachance and she is a singer songwriter in Nashville. She just released a five song uh, EP back in, I think, June. Uh, she released another single called Like Love just uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Um, you can find her on all on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find her music on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you get your music. That's so, so awesome. She's a lot of fun. I get to go out and watch her every once in a while. If she plays at 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, no, I won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> but if she plays at eight o'clock at night, I'll, I'll go down into the Nashville <laughs> and see her sing. So That's it's so fun. cool. She got her ta talent from mama. Well, half of it, at least anyway. <laughs> it has always been a dream of mine. It's still it's still on my bucket list. I know one of our other instructors, Lori Road, she's she had her um, run with improv and uh, uh, definitely something I'm considering. Yeah. Improv is lots of fun. It's yeah. a great it's a great way to kind of not have to have any any structure and just get in there and let yourself just kind of be creative and hang loose and you can probably find an improv group almost anywhere really yeah yeah there was one in san diego when we were there so mm. i'll try to look for one here but uh yeah. okay so how so you went from accounting and performing to energy work how did what happened how did you yeah. find energy work well there was a little jog as being a realtor which i also still am okay but I, yep i've been interested in energy i think really since i was a kid since i was a kid i've been loved rocks and crystals and um and have always been interested in those and then they kind of you know fall by the wayside and I guess when I was um, in my 20s, I really kind of started a personal journey just towards my own personal spiritual journey. Um, and then ended up in Tennessee and ended up as a single mom and sort of everything falls off the radar. Then you just have a one track mind to be a single mom and deal with that. And then when my kids got old enough to kind of drive themselves around and, and be on their own a little more, I started getting back into energy work. And it really started with crystals. Again, I really uh, started learning about crystals and their energy. And that led me to uh, bioacoustics. So I kind of once I started learning about energy, I wanted to figure out, well, where do I how can I get involved in the energy healing business? I don't think I thought of it in their, those terms per se, but I was on a journey and I wanted to understand energy and I'm sound oriented because I'm a singer and a performer and a musician. And I found bioacoustics, <clears throat> excuse me, which is Sherry Edwards work out of, uh, she's out of Albany, Ohio. And that's all about using the voice to try to understand what's going on in the body and applying frequency to bring the body back to optimal form and function. And that was really my first foray into frequency and vibration. And, but it's pretty intense. It's, um, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of analysis. Um, and then I became a Reiki master because I needed to, I wanted to learn more about Reiki and I went to a Reiki meetup group and I was like, wow, what's this Reiki stuff? <laughs> and uh, so that kind of taught me about energy and the body and, and being able to feel that energy because I couldn't, right? I'm the in the box accountant and real estate agent. And the first time I went to a Reiki class and I felt that energy in my hands coming off of the body, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is real. And my first thought was, if I can do this, with my in the box background, then anybody can do it. Mm. And so I felt it was really important to bring my background to uh, and my understanding of energy to people who were more like I was more in the box. Um, and so I became a Reiki master. And while I was doing Reiki, uh, I started hearing about people using tuning forks 
And it was really fear of missing out, right? <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> it was FOMO because I thought, oh my gosh, if I don't figure out this tuning fork stuff, nobody's going to come to me for Reiki anymore. <laughs> so I went searching for information. I'm so glad you had FOMO. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Too funny. But I went looking for information on tuning forks and I knew enough about frequency from my bioacoustic work that I, I, I couldn't in all good faith just go buy tuning fork off of the internet and start waving it over somebody. I thought, you know, frequency is too specific. I can't do that. I need to learn about tuning forks. And somehow I found Eileen's work mm -hmm. through all my internet explorations and I got her book first and read her book. I saw everything that she had online. And then I read her book and I went, oh my gosh, this is my missing piece. I have to learn this. What year was that? Do you remember? Gosh, I think it was like 2015 or 2016, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And so I signed at that time, it was three levels, right? It was level one, level two, and level three. And I traveled to Burlington, Vermont from from Franklin, Tennessee, three different times to study with Eileen. And, and that was, that was it. Yeah. That was for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't need to do any other kind of healing. I don't have to do anything else other than this work. Yeah. What do you think it was about it? That was like, that clicked. Wow. So when I was in my 20s, I lived in Hartford, Connecticut, and I traveled to New York City to study acting. And the acting that I studied was Lee Strasberg's method. It's called The Method. And lots of famous people studied The Method with Lee Strasberg. But what was so important about that work is that it taught me about the body. So it helped me understand that emotional trauma, emotional memories are stored in the body. Mm -hmm. And with bio, and the only way to get that, um, that tension, that trapped emotional tension out was through expression. And in acting, we did it through a script, through, you know, through a play, through emotion. That's really cool. I didn't even realize that that was a part of acting. But I guess it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so in method acting, we don't just pretend to be sad. We actually tap into what makes us sad. And so we bring that reality to, to the scene, to the script, to the play, whatever yeah. you're doing. Um, and so I started to learn about the body and, um, and trapped emotion back in my 20s. Um, but then when I learned Sherry Edwards' work, bioacoustics, I was like, oh, but there's frequency in the body and we can help heal the body through frequency and trapped, um, trapped energy and, uh, you know, frequency that's out of balance in the body. So somehow I put together with the tuning, with Eileen's work, what it, what it did was it brought together the physicality of emotion needing to be expressed and uh, the emotional trauma that's getting stuck out in the field and the physical aspect of frequency in the body. Mm -hmm. I hope that made sense. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. It, was, it was healing the emotional piece through frequency. So healing stuck emotions through frequency, which is what brought it all together for me. Cool. So if we were to look at Robin before biofield tuning and Robin after mm -hmm. biofield tuning, what would we notice as being the difference? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. So the before biofield tuning is bleh and the after <laughs> biofield tuning is <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you know, I think one of the things that I discovered through this work is, um, and this is a biggie, I use this a lot in my sessions, because so many people come to me, and they're frustrated, or they're sad, or they're angry, or their life is not what they want it to be, or they're having all these problems. And they, you know, this work is all about getting to the truth of who you are. 
getting to that core of truth where we can help release that. So you get in touch with that. And people don't want to get in touch with that anger. They don't want to know, you know, me angry? No, I'm not angry. And so the before biofield tuning, that would have been me. Me have anger inside of me? No, I'm not angry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think everybody's got a little bit of anger in them, right? Mm. But I got to that point where I had to look in the mirror, not literally, but I had to look at myself and say, well, guess what? The anger's there. You can either keep running for, from it or you can acknowledge that it's there and, and work with it and deal with it. Yeah. So what I learned when I came to that point um, and, you know, and there's and lots of deep sadness. People have lots of deep sadness inside of them, but they want the little pill. They want to come for a biofield tuning session and have all that get erased and they just walk out happy. You know, you might as well just go get a pill for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's not what I do um, in this work. So what I learned when we talk about the Robin before and the Robin after was that joy, and I feel like I walk around mostly in joy today, almost every day. It doesn't mean I don't have a bad day or that, you know, I don't feel sad or angry sometimes, but it does mean that, you know, I kind of love life. I don't think I knew what that was before. Mm. And so I tell my clients, joy is not the absence of anger or sadness or frustration or pain. Joy is its companion. Joy Ooh, is its champion because joy sits at the bottom of the pig pile because until you, I call it the four levels to joy. So the top level is just kind of, I call it surface crying. And everybody, you know, especially women, right? You get pulled over by the cop, you cry. You know, <laughs> something happens, you get angry, you don't really get angry, you just cry. So if you can get through that first level of crying and get to the anger that's below that and really dig into that anger and, you know, it might take days, weeks, months, years, I don't know how long um, to get through that level. But usually underneath anger is a really deep, deep layer of sadness, just really core, deep, deep sadness from mm -hmm. having been, from your boundaries having been violated, either emotionally, sometimes physically, you know, our boundaries being that outer edge of your biofield, you know, that's mm -hmm. your, that's your first armor of defense, I think. Mm. So when, you know, when we're told you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not whatever it is, tall enough, you know, skinny enough, short enough, whatever it is, um, you know, that's when we start, that's when our little, our our boundaries start getting um, um, penetrated and violated. And that leads to deep sadness. And we cover up that deep sadness. But if you can get to that deep, deep sadness, which I have had the fortune to be able to do, um, not tons, but enough, uh, where I was just a heap on the floor. And all of a sudden, I rolled over and I was laughing like mm. this joyful laughter was coming out of me. And it struck me that joy came from expression of that deep sadness, that mm -hmm. profound sadness. So uh, I remember the first time it happened, I erupted into this gleeful, joyful laughter. And then in two seconds later, I was crying again because I thought, oh my God, that was joy. And now it's gone. And maybe I'll never, never experience joy again. Um, so I was really sad that it happened so fast, so fast and it was gone. But the truth is, the more you experience joy, the more you can get to that place and experience joy, 
it begins to kind of uh, expand exponentially mm. and joy begins to kind of take over because joy really is the companion and the champion of expression. I love that. I want to call you the joy expert. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I've never heard it talked about that way. That's really profound. It, and I yeah. think it, it gives us permission to experience and allow all those other emotions. It's like, it's, it's interesting because I think what we want, we all want to experience joy, but we don't want to experience those other things. But like, if we're like, but Hey, like joy's on the other side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the finger. Yeah. And you know, you have to do the work to get there. Yeah. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty, but it's not, um, it, it, it doesn't last. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It's nobody is angry forever. Nobody is sad forever. Nobody is in, you know, the state of frustration forever. You know, these are fleeting They're They come and they go. Yeah. Very, very cool. So, so do you, do you work with clients in a way that, um, like has them going through those emotions on the table? You have a process for that? No, you know, it's interesting. Um, I don't really have a process for that. I think what I'm good at in my, in my work is connecting the dots. So when somebody is talking to me about this or that, I'm able, depending on what I'm connecting with out in the field, to connect that, what, it, what I am sensing that it feels like to whatever their hiccup is, whatever their frustration is, whatever, their, whatever it is that they're going through that they can't seem to see around to get to the truth, I'm able to connect those dots and say, well, this is here. And I think because of blah, 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 this is why this is happening here. Yeah. And why you're feeling this way and maybe looking at it a different way. And I don't know how I do it. Honestly, I, I well, don't I, come with a lot of practice in your own self, your own self work. It's kind of like taking someone on like you're the trail guide, like you've blazed the trail before, right? You're familiar with it. And so it's like, you're just bringing people along with you. Like, Hey, it's this way. <laughs> yeah, it's this way. And you know, there are plenty of clients that I have. I had a young man who came in um, last week, as a matter of fact, who was having a lot of nerve, um, nerve pains, nerve pain in his legs and really kind of all over his body. Um, and, uh, and he came in with his mom and, uh, and when they left, I, you know, sometimes, and it wasn't like, it was a deeply intense session. Usually on a first session, it doesn't turn out to be that it's just kind of me getting to understand the field and knowing the field and doing what I can do on the, on that session a first session. And she called me just before we connected for this, um, this podcast. And she said, Oh, my son, he's, he's so happy. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. She said, he's, he's so happy. He's in such a good place from, uh, from the session. And she said, um, so I, I'd like to book a session for my other son and for my husband and for myself. And I said, Oh, okay, great. You know, amazing. Yeah. But I, you know, when he walked out of here that day, I, I mean, I had no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you don't have any idea yeah. and then sometimes you do. Sometimes, right. you know, you've delivered a profound session and sometimes it's like, well, okay, you know, make sure you drink plenty of water, take an Epsom salt bath and, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's a really good reminder and, and why, and experiences like that, I think can help you develop that sense of trust in the process. Um, that where you can just kind of be like, well, I don't know. I don't know if that did anything and we'll just see. We'll see mm. what happens. That's a really good place to be in. Yeah. And, you know, instead of, instead of doubting yourself or 
questioning just, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think when I first started my, my practice, there definitely were times when I was out in the field going, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, oh my gosh, these people are paying me. What the heck am I doing? I'm not feeling anything. Yep. Sensing anything. Oh my gosh, I'm a fraud. So, but now I've been doing this and you just breathe through that. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. You, you, you follow the process that you've been taught yeah. and, and it's a solid process. And again, I go back to my, I'm the in the box kind of person with the accounting background and the real estate background. But if I can get out in somebody's field and start to sense things and understand things and find things, I truly believe that anybody, anybody can learn to do this if you have an open mind and if you want to. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I go out in the field and I do my work. I don't worry. Oh, my gosh. You know, I have to deliver a profound session. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I have clients who have been coming to me for years now, once a month, like clockwork, they come. Yeah. And I, you know, there are times when I think, oh my gosh, you know, dear God, let me find something in the field today, you know, <laughs> like, oh no, but you do, you always find something. And again, sometimes even with my clients who have been coming for a couple of years, sometimes it's a profound session and sometimes it's not, but it doesn't mean you're not doing the work. Right. Right. And that's really important to keep in mind. Do the work and 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 all is all will be well. Yeah. I think that was the height of my practice when I took the pressure off of myself of having to know, of having to deliver. And I was just like, I'm just gonna show up and I'm gonna find the noise and get it out of the signal. And that was, I put, made that my only job was to just be the technician and do the protocol. And after that, it was like, ah, oh, like I, something clicked. Like then sessions became more profound. Mm -hmm. And even though, even if I didn't say anything or have any sort of insight that like my clients were having profound experiences on the table. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, you know, and sometimes it also, you know, I'm sometimes in a more connected and better place than other times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but still, even if I am not feeling 100%, you know, connected to me, you know, I get out there, I get grounded, I breathe and I do the work. Yeah. So I don't put that pressure on myself that, oh my gosh, you know, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that today. Maybe I shouldn't tune. I just take a deep breath and I go out there and I do my job. I do the work. And I love that. Yeah. You just do the work. Yeah. You just show up. Yeah, you do. You show up and, and, <clears throat> and, you know, People keep coming back. So I, I have to think I'm doing, doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And last month, so um, we were talking a little bit about this prior. This past July, I had my best month ever. And I know different people do different amounts of clients a day. Some people have other jobs and maybe this is their side job. Um, I sort of just have a couple, a few side jobs. So I don't have any kind of one main thing. Uh, I didn't, especially when I started this work. So my practice has evolved. So when I started, I was like, well, this is kind of nice. I think I can make a business out of this. But I was doing accounting work and I was a realtor at the same time. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of like another thing that I did. And then it started taking over. And so now it has become over the years, my main, my main source of income. And yeah, that's awesome. If I sell a house here and there, that's kind of nice. Um, and I do kind of, uh, and I do have an accounting client that I 
uh, have once one day a week. And I like that because it, it breaks up my, my, it breaks up me having to do this work five days a week, which I'm uh -huh. not sure I would really want to do. Yeah. 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 That's, that can be hard to, to do that every, well, every weekday or five, even five days in a row. Yeah. I don't think I would be happy doing this work five days a week, but that's just me personally. I mean, there, I hear, you know, of people who are doing, you know, 12 to 15 clients a week and wow, for me, a really good month is 40 clients a month. Mm -hmm. Which breaks down to, to then what, 10 clients a week? About 10 clients a week. And my, you know, I'm, my average is anywhere between 30 and 40 mm -hmm. clients. Yeah. A month. And I'm, I'm happy with that, but it's because I do other things too. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. When I coach my clients on building their practice, I, I have everybody come up with their ideal schedule. It's like, and like, let's question it too. Like, if someone says, I want to do this five days a week, why? Because you feel like you have to, because mm -hmm. that's what, you know, we've always done in, in careers. That's kind of the, the norm in society is working, you know, 40 hour weeks, or is it because you just really love this work and you, <laughs> you want to do it every day. Right. right. <laughs> but yeah. most people will say, you know, most people's preference is three to four days a week of tuning. That's a, that's, what I generally see. Yeah. And that's, you know, I will, I have a couple of long-term clients um, who I will, if I need to see them on a Sunday, just because of their work schedule. Um, but I can do that. You know, my schedule's flexible. And if I, you know, I want to tune somebody at nine o'clock on Sunday, then I do that. And then the rest of the day is mine. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your favorite part about being your own boss? And how long have you been your own boss? Like, were you your own boss in accounting and real estate too? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I've been self-employed. Oh my gosh. Since, since probably at least 1995. Mm -hmm. 1995. Wow. That's a long time. Um, and I have had one or two kind of corporate one, two corporate jobs in between, you know, kind of mushed in there in between when I, when I moved to Tennessee, especially when I became a single mom, I did have a couple of, um, corporate jobs, but, uh, they didn't not for too, too long. Mm -hmm. So, but I've been doing this work really since like 2016, mm -hmm. 17, some, something like that. Yeah. So, and it's just slowly grown. It's, you know, I didn't, I remember looking at, like I would go to psychic fairs or those, you know, those kind of cosmic fairs and see people who were psychic readers and, doing Reiki or doing um, reflexology and those kinds of things. And I would think, wow, you know, how do these people, how do these people do this? You know, how do they make a living doing this? And what I realized was most of them didn't make a living doing it. It was just a side gig for them. They mm -hmm. held regular corporate jobs, work for the state or whatever it is they did um, as a regular job. And then they would just do those things on the side. And I have kind of, it just kind of dawned on me this summer that I actually do healing work for a living. Like for me, yeah. my real estate stuff is my side gig or my once a, once a week, you know, one day a week accounting job is sort of just breaks things up for me. Um, you know, kind of gives my mind a break from healing work, but mostly I make a living doing healing work. How cool is that? Yeah, it's pretty darn cool. Yeah, pretty darn cool. And you know, teaching is part of that. So I'm incredibly um, fortunate that I was asked to be a part of the teaching team and was able to go through the the training. And I just I love 
I love all aspects of what I do with this work. Yeah. What do you love about teaching? Wow. Um, you know, I think in some ways I've always, uh, well, both my parents were college professors. So I think I've always been ingrained in that kind of teaching environment and it's always been second nature to me. And I think I love uh, watching people grow and learn something new that they didn't think they could do because yeah. that was me, you know, me learning Reiki, like, oh my gosh, there is energy here and I can actually feel it was amazing. And learning this work because I remember being absolutely scared to death when I first learned this work, <laughs> thinking, I, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. And a lot of people who come to these classes already have healing backgrounds or have already been doing some kind of energy work. And that was really not me at all. Um, so when I could feel these things out in the field and then begin to hear them, uh, I was just amazed. And again, I always felt like if I could do it, anybody can do it. And yeah. so I love watching that transformation in people. That's so cool to have your perspective on that. Someone who, who, who didn't know how to do this kind of, I mean, mo most people don't know how to do it, but you know, when they first learn it, um, most of us, we don't know how to do anything before we do it for the first time, but coming Probably. from your background, you know, I think that that's a really good perspective to hear. I, I really believe that, you know, you, if you set your mind to it, you can learn anything, including energy work, which we can't see. Yeah. Right. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that's probably one of my favorite parts of teaching too, is, is helping students to learn, like to take them from being uncertain and doubtful and, um, just, you know, unsure to like confident to like, I can do this. And mm. this is something that I can help people with. And now I have this tool. Mm. I just love that. Cause I get to, you know, you've seen it time and time again from, you know, first day of class, people's faces are where everybody's just a little bit frozen, excited, but yeah. kind of like, Oh, I don't know. And then by like the last day, everyone's glowing. So happy. It's so excited. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And I remember, you know, the first class, um, because you and Ange and Eileen were the instructors. And yeah. just thinking, wow, I wonder if I'll ever be able to do that. To just and to now do look it. at you. And now, yeah, now look at me now. If they yeah. could see me now. Right? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That and seems like forever ago. I know. Like, yeah, I think it's because of this whole everything that's gone on over the past year and a half. But like when we used to have classes in person, like that feels like it was 10 years ago. But it, it does. It was like what five years ago or something. Five like years that. ago. Well, COVID yeah. has just created it's, it's almost like a time warp. It's just this bizarre nebula that we're kind of floating in, I think, but, but, um, honestly, I don't think I would have known that I could have a remote business had it not been for COVID. Ah. So I do sort of thank COVID for a little bit of, <laughs> of yeah. my life. And, um, and that is, but I think before COVID, I would bet my percentage was 90% in-person clientele and maybe 10% yeah. remote. And then during COVID uh, in 2020, that absolutely flipped, you know, nobody was coming uh, for a while. And then my business went to honestly 90% remote and maybe 10% in-person. I had, a you know, one or two people who would still come uh, wow. during COVID. 
And now I'm sort of at 50-50. Like I have now people who were coming in person who are very happy to remain remote. Yeah. And I think that, you know, COVID has honestly made people more aware of energy in a, in a strange way because people are looking for alternative ways to stay healthy. Yeah. And so I really feel like more people are coming to get healing work. I, I've had a huge slew of new people coming for biofield tuning sessions. Yeah. And I don't even know how they find me, but, uh, but they do. So, you know, people talk about, well, I can't start my business because it's COVID. And, uh, you know, I say, stop looking for excuses not to do the work. Yeah. Heck yeah. Because yeah. now is the time and it's the time that we've all been waiting for. It's the, I think it's not even the time that we've been waiting for, but the time that we've all been knowing is coming. Yeah. And that's why we've stepped into this work. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that anybody who's out there who is questioning, oh my gosh, you know, I shouldn't start my business. It's COVID. Um, you're missing the boat. That's why you're here. Get out there, do it. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. are waiting for you. All you yeah. have to do is honestly, it was like, build it and they will come. And I don't do any advertising. I have gotten my whole business through word of mouth. And I'm in a part of the country that is not even really open to energy work. I'm in the Bible belt. And that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to go any further with that. But a lot of people are not so open to energy work here. But I have a thriving business. And I'm getting ready to open up office space in Nashville. I mostly work out of my home. Uh, so and that's been great for me. You know, I don't don't have any rent. I don't have to worry about covering rent. Um, and I have the space to do it here out of my house. But I also have been it's sort of been in the back of my mind since last spring to maybe look at office space in Nashville, which I have been fortunate to um, locate a space. I'm going to see it next week, as a matter of fact. And I think I'm going <clears> to <throat> hopefully be there one day a week, one day a week. I think you're going to blow up there. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I really think so. Especially because, you know, something that you mentioned was that you don't do any advertising, right? But that's like, that's like the, what am I trying to say? Like, you don't need to do the advertising as long as you're like, you're energetically showing up for the work. If you're energetically showing up for the work and you're you, just like you said earlier, like there's no, there's no room for the doubt or the question or the, like, I've got to perform. Like, it's like, no, we get just put all that outside. <laughs> I'm just going to step into these sessions and be here. Yeah. I think also, I think along with that is, um, and I'm trying not to lose my train of thought, is understanding that just because you've completed foundations or practitioner training when you do that, that doesn't mean, oh my gosh, I have to go find office space and you know get myself in debt renting space to open up a business. Yeah. I think it's really, really important to do this work um, organically. So allow your business to happen organically. Don't go put yourself in debt, uh, renting office space. If you maybe don't already have some sort of other energy work that you're doing that you're maybe already earning money at, and this is sort of an add on, you know, biofield tuning is an add on to that business. Um, 
if that's the case and you're already supporting office space, that's great. But I, I've been doing this work out of my home for, gosh, since 2016, 2017, somewhere around in there. And I'm just thinking, well, you know, maybe I could go find office space for one day a week. Yeah. And, you know, get creative about that. Yeah, because I was going to say, not everybody is able to see clients in their home or have a space at home to do that. So like some other creative possibilities might be, uh, I don't know, like subletting or traveling to someone's house mm -hmm. to do it, right? Yep. And I'm so I'm looking at space that I'm going to sublet. It's another healer who's got the space. She's only there a couple days a week. And so I'm going to rent, you know, for one day a week out of her place. Yeah. So it's a good fit. So, so get creative and sort of let things happen organically. And I love that idea, Jillian, about going to other people's homes, you know, throw your table in the car if you have a car and, and travel to somebody's house to start to build your business. Yeah. You know, and then maybe that person has friends and yep. going to tell some other people or maybe the friend can come to the house and then you have two people at one home that you can see. So yeah. there are a lot of a lot of options. You don't have to quit everything you're doing um, just to do this work. As a matter of fact, yeah. I would caution against that. I would say if you've got a day job, keep your day job and start to build this on the side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And most importantly, talk about what you do. Talk about biofield tuning, how it's helped you, what problem it's solved for you. Right. And if, you know, let other people know that you can help with the work as well. So I, I hear the more people talk about what they do, the more interest there is, of course, because now they, they, they've heard about it. And right. the more interest there is, the more opportunity there is for working with clients. Absolutely. So don't hide. <laughs> yeah, gosh, don't hide. Let people know what you do. I mean, I think that, you know, that's your biggest asset is, is talking about it and letting people know. Otherwise, you're just holed up in your house or wherever it is and wondering why you don't have clients. Um, so you've got to talk about it. And yeah. there are all kinds of groups now. There are meetup groups. You know, I have meetup groups here in, in Tennessee that you can go be part of and let people know what you do. There are all kinds of um, online neighborhood groups now that you can post on and let people know what you do. And, you know, there's, there's any measure of ways that you can get the word out. Yeah. If you do, and people are clamoring for it. They really are. Like, even people, so... I go to church and I, I used to always avoid talking about what I do at church because I thought I'd get, you know, just, you know, denied, rejected, <laughs> just like, ah, but I'm, I've been talking about it a lot more uh, lately and there's so much interest, like, like people are genuinely interested and I don't know if it's just something that's over here on the, the West coast or what but it's just like i don't even make assumptions anymore about someone's not going to be interested in what i have to say because now i just never know like i think we were talking to the mailman the other day about oh no it was the plumber the plumber came over and we were talking to him and he was very intrigued and wow I'm, yeah so i just you know now we just talk about it and the assumptions are gone because you just yeah. never know well, you don't, and you never know who you're going to talk to who comes for a session, and then they tell, you know, a gazillion people about it. I had a woman who came last month, I think it was, maybe in July sometime. Um, I think she was in her 50s, and then I started getting, in August, all these younger women, like in their 30s, 
uh, started, I had, must've had five or six call and come for a session. Well, I don't know if she, this older woman works with these younger women. I'm not sure what their relationship or anything is, but all these women were like, yeah, Maggie told me all about you. And so I had to come. So you just don't know, <laughs> you know, and I haven't seen Maggie since her first session, but she told all these yeah. people about biofield tuning. Yeah. And so all these young, young women come in and, you know, they're all trying to get unstuck in their lives. Yeah. People, people are looking for help. They're looking for an alternative way of feeling better because mm -hmm. they've all tried other things that don't work. Yeah. So people really want this work and they want help. Yeah, they definitely do. And yeah, like we said, now's the time because there's so much unrest right now and confusion and uncertainty. And, um, you know, I think this work can really help with clarity, alignment, and just general feeling better, like not being so reactive to things around you and being so informed and influenced by other people. Like when we get that, that central channel flowing and our biofield in tune, we can trust ourselves and trust our own inclinations and oh, more gosh. discerning. Oh, absolutely. I think the more, the more in touch, the more you clear out your own field, um, the more in touch you get with your truth and everything, at least for me, I have so much more clarity than I ever used to. I rarely get sidelined or thrown off or, you know, in a place where I don't know what to do. Most, most times now, if I feel something that I'm supposed to do comes up, like I'll be looking at something on the internet or whatever, and I'll go, oh my gosh, I've got to sign up for that class. I just know I have to do that class. Mm -hmm. If something else comes up and I go, well, I don't know. I don't know if I should. I know immediately if I'm thinking about it, like, should I, shouldn't I? That's a definite no, or mm. just table it for now. Yeah. But there are most of the times when I go towards something, it's because I know it's just in my core that that's something I'm supposed to do. That's so cool. And that's, gosh, what a great feeling that is. Yeah. Because then you don't have to waste any en energy on the overthinking. Exactly. I don't, I don't waste energy on hemming and hawing about something I'm not sure I'm supposed to do, because if I'm not sure about it, I'm definitely not supposed to do it, at least yeah. not right now, at yeah. least not right now. And the same thing happens with people. You know, I, I also have a better clarity about people that I am going to spend any of my time with, energy with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not including my biofield tuning clients, but, um, you know, on a, on a social level and, yeah. and otherwise. So, and the beautiful thing about this work is as you're out there in the field tuning, you're also getting tuning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's sort of a win-win. Totally. That's, I think what I loved most about this when I first started learning it, I was like, not only am I helping people, but I'm also receiving and that's incredible. I don't know any other thing <laughs> where oh, you can do gosh. that. <laughs> yeah. So people ask, um, about, especially in class about tuning, um, relatives. Right. And I have one daughter here who I tune, um, every once in a while, uh, she lives in Nashville and she came up the other day and she's frustrated. She's kind of stuck. You know, this is the singer songwriter. And she's like, I don't understand why this isn't happening or that isn't happening. And, um, so I said, well, I think we need to, to tune do a tuning on that. So I absolutely set the intention and she did too, that we were going to work on ancestral stuff around being stuck in her 
chosen field and not being able to get forward and not feeling motivated sometimes. And, oh my gosh, we were out there in the, <laughs> the ancestral thing. And I'm just like, trying to hold myself up. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was really feeling that a lot of that tuning was for me as well. So yeah. um, it's really hard to tune <laughs> to tune relatives or your children. Oh my gosh. Uh -huh. You kind of have to put yourself in a different frame of mind if you're going to tune uh, children or the spouse or parents because you're in that mess. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm noticing that a lot right now because we're we're teaching these virtual classes and I'm sure you are too learn seeing this but most of the students um like practice bodies are their family members. And so we see it. Like we see how difficult it is to hold space. Yeah, in those sessions for them. And we say, yeah, it's, you know, this isn't really ideal because, you know, I mean, it's ideal in some ways because the lot's happening, you're getting some movement and some shifting. Um, but as far as holding space goes, like this isn't, this is out of the ordinary. Like when you're working yeah. with clients, it's a lot easier. It is hold space because you don't have that connection. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have two daughters. So I have one here in um, Nashville. Then I have another daughter in New York City. And she's she's sort of hands off. She's like, no, no, mom. No, <laughs> you, you don't you don't get to tune me. It's not my bag. It's not my thing. <laughs> so, so you have to honor that. She's the yeah. one who needs it the most. But anyway, <laughs> I just tune myself when that happens. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that definitely helps. I think that's a question that we get a lot is like, can I, if, if I think that this person needs tune, how do I get them to get tuned? And it's like, well, you don't just tune yourself. <laughs> yeah, Just tune yourself. That's all you can do. Yeah. And sometimes that's, that's more important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it can, you know, the way that you are judging that person for their, you know, quote issues, unquote, you know, um, prevents you from really showing up in that relationship with them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. So I, I just, and I think I've tuned, uh, I have a sister I've tuned and my brother who I've tuned. Um, but that wasn't really to discover, you know, or have a profound session. It was more just to kind of get them centered and grounded. And they were just dealing with stuff that was just needing centering and grounding. So it's, it's, I've never had a problem doing that on uh, my kids or relatives, just giving a good all around balancing and grounding session. Yeah, that's helpful. But going in for the deep stuff, mm, nah, <laughs> I'll stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Robin. This was really, really helpful. And is there anything else that you want to share with practitioners or students listening? No, just, uh, you know, just do keep doing the work. You know, the more you do it, the more you grow, the better you get, the more fun you start to have. So, yeah. so don't stop, just keep going, keep doing it. It, it just gets more and more fun. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Robin. How do people get a hold of you if they want to contact you for questions or a session? Yeah, sure. So um, I have a website. Uh, so you can find me there at rbsoundhealing.com. Uh, you could also email me at Robin Barnes two. That's just a number two. Robin R O B I N B A R N E S two at gmail dot com, uh, or you can find me on Facebook as well. Happy to do that. Uh, Instagram. Um, I do sound immersions, which I post on Facebook and Instagram. So sometimes I'll do remote ones. So yeah. if you're ever interested in that. Um, that's sort of my, that's, that's what I really love doing are my sound immersions. So, so yeah, we so, didn't even talk about that at all. Maybe we'll see those for another I, episode. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, find me on Facebook and, uh, and I'll post sound immersions there and, but 
yeah, happy to chat or answer questions if anybody wants to connect afterwards. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you, Jillian. This has just been lovely. It's so wonderful getting to talk with you and hopefully get to teach with you soon. I know. I'm waiting for it. Same. Yeah. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, Tuner. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving a review and subscribe so that you catch each episode as it publishes. Happy tuning. Thank you.